you're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad and uh, uh, for a period there recently I had the opportunity to travel around Ireland and because of COVID I really didn't get to Dublin I love Dublin uh, having spent seven years working up in the Liberties and uh, right across of course from that area is the entrance into Phoenix Park and my last recollection of Phoenix Park was I managed to walk the darkness into light in Phoenix Park a few years back and it was a wonderful experience well a new book has just been published The Phoenix Park Way and it's walking the walls of the Phoenix Park and it's by our former ambassador to Canada from Ireland Dr Ray Bassett and uh, Ray lives outside the gates as I recall of uh, the Phoenix Park on the Castlenock side but grew up in that area and is very intimate with it uh, Ray thanks a million for coming along congratulations on the book Thanks very much Austin and thank you very much for having me on um, the walls of the Phoenix Park I know that like for example when we did Glass Nevin there was a story about the walls of Glass Nevin and that one of the things was that none of the grave robbers could get in something like that but I didn't realise that there was a story about or uh, well of course there's a story about all of them so tell me what got you to consider doing the Phoenix Park way well I, as you say I, I, I grew up uh, in Villa Park which is um, beside the Phoenix Park and the Navan Road area. I, my first days in school were in the Phoenix Park National School. And right through my life, no matter how much I went abroad, I've always been beside it. And it's a, it's a treasure trove. And I think sometimes a bit overlooked. Now, the reason I picked the walls is those, the, the walls are 11 kilometers long. So they're a nice walk, you know, they're a longish but very manageable walk. And if you walk around the walls of the Phoenix Park, both on the outside and the inside of, 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 of the park there, you're walking through Irish history, and it's probably the richest part, I think, of Ireland in terms of, 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 of its historical connections. And maybe it's because people are passing through it all the time, they, they take it for granted. So I decided to write uh, about, you know, including some of the local lore, but, you know, like every place, Austin, there's ghost stories around the park, you know, because... One of the roads in Blackhorse Avenue is one of the old roads of Tara. So it was went, it's been there for 2,000 years. And, you know, local people claim regularly that they've seen ghosts on that. And, you know, the other thing about the park is it's, it's a phenomenal uh, treasure trove on wildlife. And particularly in recent times, as, as Ireland's bird life has massively improved with a lot of new arrivals. We hadn't, we made them extinct during the Victorian period, but they're all making a, a return and it's, it, it's great. So, I really want to share the stories. Um, and I say a lot of overlooked one. I'll just mention too, like there are old trenches in the Phoenix Park where the soldiers, before they went off the World War One trains. Now there's no sign of that whatsoever in the, in, in the park. And also the other one is just outside the park lie row after row of British Army graves of people who died in 1916. Very sort of, um, well maintained, but certainly seem to be marooned a bit by history and time. So everywhere you look, there, there's um, phenomenal historical uh, connections. Um, and as I say, growing up, I was very conscious of these, and I heard uh, people talking about it, you know, the, oh, the, the old folk, as we say. And so I put down a lot of those um, connections in the book. And as I say, it's very much a personal book, but Austin, there's no politics in it. It's just about local history, right. local characters, um, and that, that's that's that sort of thing. You know, the, the connections with innumerable people. I'm just blown away by what I put my hand on here, because I don't. 
map of the Phoenix Park. Yes, I know, I know the map indeed. It's a, I think it's an old OPW map. That's an Ordnance Survey map. Yes. And it was a shilling. Yes. And I'm just, when, it's, when you were talking, um, I, I reached over onto the bookshelf to yes. see where is it? Is it in that bundle? And there it was. And I don't know how long I've had this, but uh, I'm glad I put my hand on it just now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Rick, the Phoenix Park, as I understand it, is, is the largest enclosed park in Europe, isn't it? Well, it's certainly the largest municipal park, enclosed uh, municipal park in Europe. Uh, it probably is the largest um, enclosed park um, in Europe. Although I, I often have a certain degree of scepticism. In Ireland, we claim we're the best, you know, we're either the best at everything or the worst at everything. So there's a certain degree of hyperbole. But on the park, I, 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 I think it's a special institution, a really special institution. And, you know, and, and the lungs of the sea. And you talk about the walls. So when were they built? The walls were built at, right from the start. And as I say, that the Phoenix Park was established as a private deer park for Charles II. And uh, the walls were built to keep the deer in and the Dublin public out. And for, for quite a, a period of time, there were, it, it was, uh, it, you know, you would you'd be, you'd be summoned and flogged or to be found inside the park. So the walls were built uh, around 16, between 1662 and 1669, um, uh, um, and they've been there ever since. Um, and as I say, they, they, they snake around um, for 11 kilometres through various different landscapes and different, and different villages. Um, so the, essentially they were there to keep the deer in and the Dublin public out. And the condition of the walls relative to time, how much of the 11 kilometres would be original and how much would have had to be restored? Well, the original walls collapsed <laughs> and it, it turned out that the contractor had, hadn't put in the stuff that he was supposed to put into it. So they rebuilt them fairly soon afterwards. Now, they have been, they are, the Office of Public Works do a fantastic job on it. When I was growing up, the walls were crumbling a bit. Now, they're now very, very well restored and that. But for long periods, you know, when we'd be playing football inside the park, you could scale the walls without the slightest difficulty because there was always holes and, and, and gaps in it. That's all gone now. And as I say, the walls are, there's some beautiful stonework there being restored in, in, on, the, on the walls. But the walls, as I say, are just, they, they provide the kind of the background of walking around. Uh, as I can, if you walk from Castlenock right, right, right down, Around the western perimeter of Bobbyen, it's eleven kilometres, and it encompasses what area approximately? Well, the park itself is one thousand seven hundred and sixty acres, but that's slightly deceptive because you've got the family estate, which is, you know, I, I believe should be incorporated into the park. You've got the war, you've got the war memorial down in uh, Island Bridge, a, and you've got the Royal Hospital Kilmain, uh, all of which were in the original uh, Phoenix Park. Um, and I think, and, and these are, are, are kind of areas with a degree of nature around them, and, I, and they, they form a kind of a, a continuum. And when it was opened up to the public, when it ceased being just to keep the deer in and the people out, when were the people allowed in? People were allowed in in, in 1745. And the reason I know that is the Battle of Culloden, because the, 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 the man who was in charge in Ireland was a fellow named Chesterfield, and he was credited with keeping the peace in Ireland during the Jacobite Rebellion. And he was a very, unusually so, he was a very good 
Viceroy, and he was the one who opened it. He 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 started the tree line that well, um, areas in the park and that, and he did a lot. He did a lot of farm in Ireland anyway, but he opened the park because he said anyway it was more dangerous to to leave it with highwaymen because highwaymen were operating from the park, and if you let the public in, it was it, it would actually be a good security and um, security measure. So he 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 brought it in, and uh, since that it's been very much um, the kind of playground for for Dublin. It was particularly important for the tenements. I write this around. Um, Burb Street and along the Keys there. Uh, on a Sunday afternoon, uh, even up in the 1950s and 60s, they poured into the park, uh, particularly around the People's Gardens area, and it gave them a, a you know, greenery and, a, and, and um, you know, a, a chance to see uh, nature. So when the park was established then, Ray, it was been very much nearly in the country because like Smithfield and Stony Batter, um, up around the North Circular probably would have been the perimeter would it at that time and the South Circular on the South Side and really not much beyond either. That's true and um, even in my own lifetime um, the, the park has become much more of an urban park because the, the, the old fields in the northern and western side of the park have now been basically taken over by concrete as, as the cities expanded. Um, so the, the nature of the park has changed a bit as well and um, it's become much more of a say a green space and a loan for the city. Whereas before that it was on the edge of at the edge of the city. I mean, as I say, Austin, there you know, very few people know that Churchill spent his early years in Phoenix Park. And there's no sign even and uh, that that this was his early his home. He wasn't born in Ireland, but he came to Ireland very, very soon after after his birth. And he, even in his, his book by my early years, he writes about the Phoenix Park. And yet, if you walk up along uh, the, the, what we call the North Road there, there's no, there's, there's no sign that this place uh, was the actual early childhood home of one of the uh, most important figures in the 20th century, whether you like them or loathe them, you know? Right. So in walking the perimeter, uh, you're covering um, what are, as you said, like very historic areas, but areas also that have developed as... Dublin developed, so like out at the Ashtown Gate or out at the Castle Knot side, that would have been the country back then, whereas now it that's was. very much in the city. It is, it is. Uh, as I say, the character has, has, has changed. Um, the, and, and, that's, it's, and that's the importance of, of, of the Phoenix Park now as a wildlife preserve, and that has, has become greater as, as urbanisation and habitat has been lost uh, close to it. And um, it, as I say, it's it's it's. I, I I honestly believe that given this connection, it should it should be a world heritage site because there's always people looking to develop around the edges. And somebody's been proposing there should be new retail stores in the park and everything. And of course, being an old timer from the area, I want everything to stay as it was as as, as I as I grew up. So I, I and in fact, Frank McDonald in the Irish Times has also proposed it, and I I think there's a strong case. For something as historic as this, to uh, with so many literary connections, whether it's Joyce, whether it's Swift, and that um, that it should uh, get, get the protection of a designation as a World Heritage Site. I hear a move afoot to try and limit the amount of traffic that goes through it or that to, to shut it down. How would you feel about that from a, a well, now, that, now, now that I've I've, I've, um, I've, I've left my permanent employment. Uh, I, I, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm quite relaxed on it, but when I was going into 
into into work every day in central government. I did use the park, and the park is a major artery, whether we like it or not, through the through through the through to, into the city from people in county, South County Mead and North County and North West Dublin. And uh, if they do that, and I think there's a very strong case for that, proper alternatives would have to be put in place. You know, um, you know, we're trying to encourage people to to get back to work, and that's it. They start putting extra restrictions on them. Um, you know, no matter how much we'd like it as locals, I think you have to be very cognizant of what the damage you would do to people who are commuting. Now, Ray, you were, well, I know the book is called Walking the Walls, and you mentioned the um, wildlife, the return of wildlife, and particularly some birds. Yeah. Um, what do you attribute that to? Like, would you consider that climate change is in any way bringing uh, species into the country that may have left or that uh, there have been things going on to cause a change in the wildlife and the fauna. Well, I think on, 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 on the on the on the wildlife, we've we've lost two uh, of uh, our important ma- mammals, which was the Irish hare is no longer in the Phoenix Park, and the red squirrel. The red squirrel has been replaced by the North American grey squirrel. Although, as I write in it, the, you know, if, if you get pine martens back into the park. It would probably bring the red squirrel back. The, on the birds, it, it's a combination. I, we were in Ireland horrifically destructive in the at the start of the 21st century. When the, the flintlock rifle arrived in Ireland, we wiped out our eagles, we wiped out most of our birds of prey. And, uh, you know, what, what's happened is that uh, some, like the buzzards, have come back naturally. Uh, others, like the red kite, have been introduced. They came over from Wales. And, um, you know, they, 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 and mysteriously, our woodpecker suddenly started, appeared again after about 150 years when nobody's seen it. We, and we know it's native because in archaeological um, excavations, we find their, their bones. So there, there, there certainly would be a some degree of climate change, but I think everybody's getting much more um, cognizant of the need for, for wildlife. For instance, in the Cutaway Bogs in County Offaly, we had the first crane uh, in, um, um, rearing chicks in Ireland for, again, a, a few hundred years. And interestingly enough, when I was down in County East, people used to call the heron the crane, that it still was, it still was in folklore. It's still, you, you, said, the, the local farmers would say there was a crane down here, even though the crane had been gone 150 years. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that that. You know, we have a much stronger environmental lobby and we have much more cognizant of, of leaving areas for wilding. But at the same time, there's no doubt that, that you know, for instance, we, collared doves have appeared in the Phoenix Park and that is probably to do with uh, climate change. They're originally from Greece and Turkey and they're spreading northwards. So a combination of, 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 of both. But I would like to, as I say, give maybe Birdwatch Ireland and the, and the environmentalists a huge pat in the back, because they have done terrific work. As I say, some of the species have just started coming back, because forestry is much more prevalent in Ireland than it used to be. Mm-hmm. The woodpecker is back. The crossbill is back. There's, there's some birds are coming naturally, but in the, for instance, in the eagles, they have had to be reintroduced and, and brought over from Norway and Scotland. So, as a walk, and uh, you have it, in a, it, it comes across nearly with the, uh, given how many um, Caminos that are out there at the moment. This is nearly like the Phoenix Park Camino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, the book itself, it, would it be something that I would walk into the park within my hand and as I wander around that I would see things that I then can zone in on and pick up the look, the history for on it? Certainly, sir, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, for instance, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a Neolithic tomb in the park, which is probably a thousand years older than Newgrange. And most people who go around the park never go near the tomb. Uh, and, but it has a spectacular view of the River Liffey because you can see exactly why they, people settled there. And so it, it would, that's exactly it, uh, Austin. What I do is I describe the journey between, there are nine gates. So I may break it into nine sections and I talk about each section, you know, say for instance, from Island Bridge to Park Gate Street. What along that uh, route there is of importance, like the magazine fort, the, the Wellington Memorial, and the fact that Island Bridge has the largest concentration of Viking graves anywhere in the world outside of uh, outside of the Nordic countries. And the fact Vikings, a, a, a particularly famous Viking woman was excavated in the Queen's Park near the Wellington uh, Monument, and she had she was buried with um, with uh, material which had obviously been taken from an Irish monastery. So you, you, along the route, as I said, up in Castleknock, um, Edward, uh, Edward Bruce spent some time in Castleknock as he contemplated trying to drive the English out of, out of um, Dublin. So as I say, literally everywhere you go, there's, there's, there's a story, there's a, there's a connection. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there, there are other people who will write books on the Queen's Park. There certainly is enough material for several other books on it. I've just written, as I said, in, 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 as somebody who grew up in the area and still lives beside it and still goes around the park regularly. So, Ray, can we expect to see you leading some walking tours then through the park? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. My, my daughter regularly insists on, on walking the 11 kilometres with me to make sure I'm okay. You know, the ticker still... So, uh, yeah, I, 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 as I said, if you don't want to do the 11 kilometers, you can do some of the more interesting parts, you know, particularly, as I say, around Chapel Lizard, where, um, you know, um, James Joyce's father was the, uh, was the company secretary for the, the local distillery, but liked the product too much. Right. And, uh, you know, there's stories everywhere, uh, you know, you know, where, uh, um, La Fanu, got the idea about vampires from walking in the park at late at night. And, you know, the gaslights give that kind of ghostly feeling about the place. And Joyce wrote a painful case, and part of it is actually uh, written around the magazine fort. Right. As you can see, I'm, I'm a bit of an enthusiast on this. Also. No, 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 and that's why I said the best ones to give a guide anywhere are the enthusiasts. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, because, you know, you throw a question or you, you, someone, they're not working from a script. It's not that they've learned it. So when you when you do a walk with somebody who is immersed in this and you throw us a curveball, it's not a curveball. And that's yeah. what makes it so fascinating and interesting. Yeah. So uh, the book is available where, Ray? The book is available uh, online from York Publishing in, in Britain. It's actually published in Britain. And from uh, I, 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 Amazon will have it very, very shortly if they don't have it already. Also, I, I know some people in England have been ordered from both Hannah's Bookshop, the famous Hannah's Bookshop in Dublin. Right. They're carriers. And O'Mahony's in Limerick. Uh, and Connolly, uh, Connolly Bookshop in, uh, in, in, uh, in Temple Bar. We'll be expanding the... the the, the, 
the kind of range of shops. But uh, at the moment, York is certainly and Hannah's are, are, are standing online. Right. Ray, it's been wonderful learning about the book. Congratulations again. And we heard there where you can get it. Uh, if you do a search, the Phoenix Park Way, walking the walls of the Phoenix Park, I'm sure it'll come up on Google and it'll direct you where to get it. And uh, it'll be one of the things, I suppose, that when we get back over and I go on a cycling trip, because I don't know if I, I do the walk, all right, but, it, it, you know, 11 kilometres, you're looking at two and a half hours. Easy, yeah. There's 23 kilometres, by the way, of cycling to the park. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, there's some very very good cycle cycle lanes, and a lot some of the roads, former roads, um, including the old military road, has been completely pedestrianised. So you know you can cycle in, and the the name of the stream there, also, is it's the Khyber Stream. You know, showing the old links with the empire. You know, maybe it may be a bit too topical at the moment. <laughs> Hey, it's been a real pleasure connecting. Okay, Austin, and thank you very much.